it's Lena here again. Welcome back to episode four of my podcast, which shares my book, The Story of Myself. In this episode, I'm sharing part six of my book, which is about my gap year between leaving school and starting university. Please be aware that there are descriptions of dieting, significant food control, exercise, and depression in this chapter. Please take care of yourself and know whether you might find these aspects triggering. If so, you may want to skip this chapter. Part 6. My gap year between leaving school and starting university. Memories. The summer of 1987. Watching a film about a girl dying of anorexia. Saying to my father that something like anorexia could never happen to me. The rest of that summer, a mad haze of friends, fun, love, hope of things to come. And then everything began to change. Diary extracts. 6th of September 1987. Abroad. Despite the fact that the majority of the events that have taken place during the first 18 years of my life have gone unrecorded, I've decided that the next months should not be forgotten. Whilst I cannot possibly tell what events will occur during my stay here, I intend to make the most of this great opportunity. Well, I've now been here for two weeks, minus a day, and it's weird the way time seems to vary in length. Sometimes, on good days, it definitely seems like I've only been here for a couple of days, whilst at other times, when I'm feeling homesick, I feel like it's been months. I must admit, I really miss home. I realise now what good friends mum and dad are to me, and it's hard not having them around. Obviously, I miss my friends a lot too, but Dad was right all those times that he said that he and Mum are my best friends in the world. There's not one day yet that I haven't cried at least once. I hope it's not going to be like this all year. Sometimes, I just feel so lonely. It's weird how my feelings are up and down. Sometimes I feel very positive and great, but other times are awful. I know for sure that I've got a whole year ahead of me here, so I suppose I'll just have to enjoy it. I just really feel like I need someone to get close to. I don't care if I don't have a lot of friends. I just want to meet someone I really like and can talk to. 13th of September. Help. What's happening to me? Another low day. I woke up yet again feeling really depressed, but I cheered up when I phoned home. I actually managed to talk to Mum without crying, which is good. 24th of September Today I got a phone call to say that I'm finally into university. I'm so thrilled. It's everything I've wanted. I've been on cloud nine ever since. I just really wish I was at home with Mum and Dad to celebrate. 4th of October Today was one of the saddest days of my life. I phoned home to discover that Grandad has died. Apparently, after being in a coma for two weeks, he died on Friday. I'm finding it so hard to bear because I'm such a long way away. When Mum told me, I felt so upset that I can't be with them and Grandma. She must be so miserable. She loved him so much, 
I can't cope with the fact that after going visiting them together for all those years, I'm never going to see Grandad again. The funeral's going to be on Thursday. I feel awful that I won't be there. I hope Grandma will understand. I know that I could fly back if I really wanted to, but if I did, I don't think I'd ever be able to come back here afterwards. That said, Grandma doesn't expect me to, so I suppose I don't need to feel bad about it. But I just feel guilty that I won't be there. My boss has been very sweet and gave me a big hug and let me cry as much as I needed. She also gave me sleeping pills to help me sleep and offered to let me take tomorrow off. But I said that, no, I needed something to keep me distracted. Tonight, I feel so sad and homesick. I never realised before how horrible death is. Poor, poor Grandma. She's the one I feel most sorry for. I think Grandad would have been glad to get away from all the suffering. I loved him so much. 18th of October. I've just come back from spending the weekend away with friends. We had a great time. The weather was gorgeous and the city is beautiful. We saw loads and it was really lovely. I got on so well with the people I was with. We did a huge amount and by the end we were exhausted. We ate mostly junk food and I feel gross. My belly is huge, but at least the food was cheap. Today I began my diet and ate only good things, very low calorie. I even resisted the apple crumble, except for a small bowl, and I'd made that with minimum fat and sugar. Let's hope I can keep it up. 20th of October. Went out for ice cream with friends, but I was very good. I had a Diet Coke, while they all had ice creams. I still feel very fat though. 21st of October. Went out with a friend for lunch, although I didn't eat anything. Still no effect though. I still have a huge spare tire. I weigh 140 pounds. 22nd of October. Went out for lunch, but just had a Diet Coke. Broccoli, yogurt, and an apple for dinner. 23rd of October. Went out to a bar with friends. We had a really good time dancing and getting drunk. Unfortunately, I didn't meet anyone, although all the others seemed to get chatted up by various men. I think the fact I'm too fat puts men off. Before, the only good thing about me was my slimness, but now that's gone, I've got nothing. I was actually quite good again today, and I went without lunch, although I had a bit of a binge in the evening. Not on bad food, though. I still need to persevere, though. It doesn't seem to have made any difference yet. 26th of October. This evening I went to French class, which wasn't too bad, though I'm very tired. I'm still feeling as if I can't cope with the fact that I've got over 42 weeks more to go of this. Also, I've had no post for days, which is really getting to me. I'm still too fat, but my diet is making a difference, it seems. 25th of December. Well, I have no excuse for not having written for two months, other than being lazy. A lot has happened in actual fact, but to cut a long story short, it's been a very difficult time. I suppose the fact that I'm not home for Christmas is making me feel especially sad and pensive, but to be quite honest, I do wonder how I'm going to get through another eight months of this. 4th of January. I'm down to 115 pounds. It must be the 700 calories a day. I know that I should really be eating more, and I do feel a bit tired, 
but I really don't want to put it back on. I don't know what to do. I don't know how much I can eat to maintain my weight. Why can't I just go back to being able to eat normally? Oh well, at least I don't feel so overweight anymore. I mean, I don't feel thin, but I don't feel so fat either. 10th of February. I'm 106 pounds, but it seems to be stuck there even though I don't eat much. God knows what would happen if I ever tried to eat the 1500 calories a day I could supposedly eat to maintain my weight. I am obsessed with food now. It's really pissing me off. 11th of February. I'm feeling exhausted and very frustrated, as I want to be upbeat and enthusiastic, but I'm lethargic and have no patience. I really don't know what to do. I know I should be eating more, and I honestly can't think about anything but food all the time, but I can't bring myself to eat over 500 calories. My skin is really dry, and I'm very tired, but I just can't bear the thought of getting fat again. Even now, my bum and legs have flab on them. I was thinking about going to the doctor about it, but it would really cost too much, and besides, I don't know what they'd say. I really want to talk to someone about it, but it's so hard. Maybe it's really nothing to worry about and I should just put up with this tiredness for the sake of being thin. I just feel that food is running my life. Every meal I dread because I feel so guilty about eating and having people watch me eat. It's horrible. The only advantage is that I haven't had my period in ages. Although I suppose in reality that isn't good either. I wish I'd never started dieting in the first place. 13th of February. I felt tired and sick, and I nearly didn't last the day. I didn't eat all day, I just didn't feel like it, which I guess is stupid, but at least I don't feel guilty. I don't know which is worse, feeling fat or ill. To be honest, I feel like curling up and dying. 15th of February. I've talked to my boss about my worries about eating, and she said that she's worried about me too, and I'm definitely anorexic. She says that if I really don't feel I can force myself to eat, I will have to have therapy, and if I don't get well, she'll have to send me home. She says it's a really serious problem and that she can't let it go on any further. The 8th of April, 1988. It's now 7.10am English time, and I'm on the plane. Thank God, only an hour to go. It's been an awful journey, and I felt very uncomfortable with really bad pain in my shoulder and leg and no chance to move around. I'm in a window seat with two sleeping men to my right, and no chance to even go to the toilet. I'm feeling pretty tired. I hope I won't be too tired when I eventually get home, but I just couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat the plain food, but I ate some apples and yogurts. So all in all, I got to 1,075 calories yesterday, which makes me feel terrible, and yet I know I have to keep eating now that I've got this far. I feel so apprehensive about actually going back. My feelings are so up and down, making me feel excited and optimistic to tearful and depressed from one minute to the next. I know that going back home isn't going to make everything okay miraculously, but I know that having come home, I now really owe it to everyone to get better, so I'm really going to try. I just hope mum and dad will understand and not expect too much too soon. Still, 
I'm sure I can get medical help on the NHS, so if it needs it, I can always go away for a while. Not that I really feel ill in myself, but I just don't want to cause them hassle or let them down after all this. I just hope they won't make me fat all at once, though. The worst thing I'm feeling at the moment is real anxiety attacks. They seem to come and go all of a sudden and make me feel totally panicky and scared. Oh well, not long now. Help me. The other thing I hope is they won't be too shocked when they see me. I honestly don't think I look that different, but other people say differently. Still, I'm still physically healthy, so that's the main thing. My only slight worry is that my hair really seems to have suffered and appears to be falling out at rather an alarming rate when I brush it or pull it. Maybe it's just the after-effects of seven and a half months of having a perm, though. It probably just needs a good cut. The 9th of April. I've now been home for just over a day, and I'm feeling such a terrible amount of contradictions. Getting off the coach was so emotional. Just to see and hug Mum and Dad was the best feeling, and yet it was tied up with the immeasurable guilt of having given in and come home. Although they were noticeably shocked by my appearance, I'm sure the jet lag had a lot to do with making me seem tired, because really I'm not that thin. Anyway, the last two days have been spent talking and talking, and I've been honest with them about everything, and I've agreed that I must totally trust them for a few weeks in order to start the process of recovery. The only problem is that, still, deep inside, I don't feel thin or want to put the weight on, even though I know it's part of the cure, and I do want to be free of all this. I just feel I don't really deserve to eat or get well after all I've put everyone through. Mum has been giving me completely normal meals, which has been awful. I can't breathe when I eat, and I can't bear to chew the food because tasting it is indulging myself, which I just don't deserve. I weigh six stone nine at the moment, but I'm sure it's bound to rocket with all the food I'm eating, as Mum really doesn't realise how many calories she's making me eat. I feel such a terrible contradiction. When I'm with them and talking, I know that they're the rational ones. It's just so hard when I'm by myself. I love them so much, and I feel so guilty for what I'm putting myself through. It makes me hate myself even more. I just can't help myself from panicking when I get by myself. It's so ironic. I want to be well and free of this, so I won't be such a burden to them, and yet, I really don't deserve to be happy. No one else really ever is anyway, and I'm just deceiving everyone into thinking I have a problem. 16th of April. I hate the thought of having to spend a whole weekend with my parents, and yet I hate myself for thinking that too, because I know they're so lovely and they're trying to help me. I just don't deserve it. 1. I'm selfish and I only ever think of me. 2. I'm deceitful. I've always deceived people into thinking I'm wonderful, and now I'm deceiving them into thinking I'm ill. 3. I'm not worthy of such kind, caring parents. 4. I've given in to my selfish desires, and now if I get fat, it's all my own doing. 5. I'm not ill, I'm just a bit underweight and selfish. 17th of April Last night they tried to make me eat loads because I hadn't managed to put on weight, and it just made me feel so tense. I ended up throwing my pudding across the room and breaking down, which was so weak and selfish of me. I upset them so much, and yet they're trying so hard to help me. I feel so confused. For the first time this morning, I felt tired and fed up with it and I let myself lie in bed, but now I feel ashamed of doing that and being lazy. 
I see no real solution to my problem, because there are always two voices inside my head. One which tells me that I should want to put on weight and rest and be nice to mum and dad and give in to my weakness. And another which reminds me that I'm selfish and not really ill and not worthy of all the time I'm getting. At the same time, there's also the fact that no matter how hard I try, I don't feel thin and I can't bear the thought of eating without knowing the calories or putting on weight. I think maybe I'm just spending too much time thinking about it all. Again, totally selfish. How do I break the cycle? 27th of April. Dinner was tense. All I could think was fat, fat, fat and how tight my jeans felt. Mum got me to sit down in the living room afterwards, but we didn't even talk. She realises what a waste of time it is. She keeps going on about me being ill. It's a joke, because I'm not. I know I'm fine. I'm just deceiving everyone. I'm going to bed now. I'm not really tired, but I can't bear any more of today. I'm totally getting into laziness and selfishness. I hate myself. 28th of April. I woke up at five, then dozed till six. I feel fine today. I went shopping and got my hair cut. It looks very boring, but I don't care. This afternoon I'm going to cut the lawn. I don't need to relax, as I'm not tired. I just feel guilty and indulgent after yesterday. I wish I could weigh myself. I'm sure I'm seven and a half stone now. 29th of April. Mum talked to me today. She told me off for keeping busy all day, doing cleaning and gardening and not allowing myself to relax. She said that my mind is exhausted and confused and needs peace and quiet to sort out rationality from irrationality. Each time I don't relax, I'm avoiding doing the one thing that would really make me well. She said that this is taking the easy way out. I just feel so scared. Deep inside, I want to do nothing and to relax, but then... I feel guilty. I'm so scared of life and of getting fat and of giving in. Mum says the root of my illness lies in not wanting or trying to be happy and working hard on useless jobs to avoid thinking about getting better and being happier. But why should I want to be happy in a world where no one really ever is and where it's all so scary? I just want to hide away, but then I'm sure everyone does but no one just gives in because life has to go on and we have to be strong. I feel so useless. 29th of April. Glimmer of hope. This evening, Mum and Dad forced me to go out and see a musical at the Arts Centre. And for a while, things seemed a lot more hopeful. I really enjoyed it. And the singing and dancing reminded me of the things that I used to love doing. It was really good. Mum also sat me down and told me to buck up my ideas and try harder to eat more, as my weight was only seven stone with clothes on this evening. I had another binge to please her. Two Mars bars, a bounty, an ice cream and a big glass of milk and orange juice. I now feel disgusting and a bit depressed again, but at least it's bedtime. The 30th of April, 5.30am. I woke up really early this morning, feeling depressed and confused again, but then I thought about the show last night, and it stopped things from seeming quite so bad. There are good things in the world. I do want to keep thinking positively about nice things. As the psychiatrist said, only by feeling nice in myself can I be nice to others. 
but it's hard when the black thoughts keep coming back and everything seems so scary and I don't feel ill. Still, here are some aims for today. One, to be patient and nice and not horrible to mum and dad. Two, to try to forget my body. Three, to try and remember the amazing music and dancing from yesterday and also to remember the way I used to be able to sing to entertain people and to get such a thrill from it. 4th of May. Thoughts. People may never really be happy, but it's better to be unhappy and still able to function in life without crazy obsessions and being a worry to others than to be unhappy and wallow in self-pity and shirk responsibility. If you don't try and be happy, you can't hope to be, I suppose. And at least by being useful and active, you can try to help make others happy. My goal now is to try and find a balance. Not to be too thin, not to be too fat. Not to reject food totally, but not to overeat. Not to try and do everything, but not to give up everything by cutting myself off. Not to love or like everyone, but not to love or like no one. To love those who are really important. Not to allow myself to be affected by lots of unimportant people, but not to ignore those who really care. Not to think life is all happiness, but not to think life is all unhappiness. Not to think of myself too much, but not to totally reject my true feelings and desires. Not to take on too much responsibility, but not to reject responsibility. Not to worry too much about the future, but try to plan it so it will be as successful as possible. Not to dwell on the past mistakes, but to learn from experience. And yet, despite writing so rationally, why am I still scared of putting on weight and eating? I just wish I knew who I am and who I ought to be and what I want. 5th of May. I feel disgusting. Went out to tea with the next teacher and she gave me three cakes to eat. Feel guilty and disgusting. 7th of June. Frustrating day. I felt lonely but persisted in planning my day to include yoga, reading and a visit to the hairdressers. I found myself longing the hours away and feeling indulgent and fat, but I had to resist selfish feelings even though I still felt uncomfortable. I also went for a short run today, which felt something of an achievement. I must admit that things have seemed brighter and clearer the last few days, although I still lack energy and have a sinking feeling very often. I now yearn to get out and be a bit more part of life again, although it does still scare me rather, especially as regards socialising and eating. But I know I have to work at it soon, in order to be ready for university. Having been anorexic for five months, and having caused immense upset amongst those who love me, and having achieved nothing, it seems time to decide to have a concerted fight to give it up. It's so easy to pretend to want to be free of it and to go through the motions of eating and putting on weight. Having gained one and a half stone now, I look relatively normal. And yet I know, damn well, that unless I face it now, I will allow myself to sink down again the minute I leave home, because until now I haven't really thought it through and done the things which will enable me to get better. Mum and Dad have tried so hard and been so encouraging, and yet... They now can't give me any more, and my selfishness can't be allowed to upset the family any further. 
I don't know why I haven't been able to make myself try harder up until now. Maybe it's because of pig-headedness, or maybe I simply wasn't ready. I spent weeks and weeks lying because I couldn't find the courage to say, screw it all, and to force myself to do the things which will turn me into a person again. Because that's what anorexia does. It stops you being a person. Sure, I've gone through the motions of life, pushing myself to extremes. I've spent useless hours cleaning, revising for hours upon end, running until I ache, and yet none of these things makes me a real person. God knows what pushed me to become like that. I don't think it was all down to my experiences abroad, although turning myself into an automaton there was certainly very useful because it enabled me to ignore my real feelings when I was so homesick. But I think things began to go wrong at the end of Lower Sixth, when I went on a summer music course and I suddenly seemed to have lost my confidence and bounce. Of course, things weren't so extreme then, but from then on I began to hide in my room, wasting time on work and cutting myself off. Of course it got results, in a material sense, and good exam results all round. And yet by that time they didn't even seem good to me, because I had stopped really thinking about things and channelled everything into becoming some kind of perfectionist. Until my year abroad, I'd had little time to think about the physical side of me, because I'd concentrated on cultivating the intellect. I'd never been satisfied. I'd always felt fat and wanted to look like a model on the cover of a magazine. So, when I had time to think about it, I began to try to take that side of things in control. I got thinner, but I suppose that when things didn't miraculously improve and I didn't look like a model just because I lost some weight, I pushed it further and further. Gradually, the anorexia took over, and the starvation spiral let me down and down. Now I'm no longer at a critical weight, and I haven't been for some time. It's hard to understand why eating seems so repulsive still. Yet I suppose I have to admit that it's a form of security. Eating is fun, and fun is indulgence, and perfectionists don't indulge themselves. The trouble is that no one is perfect. Everyone is just what they are, and beyond a certain limit they can't improve themselves. It's like being a flower. You can nurture a flower, and feed it, and give it sun, and it will be beautiful, and if you neglect it, it will shrivel up. But you can never make it more than a flower. Everyone has limits, and I have to face up to mine in order to achieve my full potential, and live as a person. Certainly. I haven't even got halfway to my full potential by being anorexic. I've been unloving, cold, frightened, and like a five-year-old instead of a nineteen-year-old. No one could call it proper living. I've always gone through life thinking I should be this and I should be that, and feeling jealous without being thankful for what I am and could be. And in the last few months, I haven't even asked what I want to be. Deep inside, I want to be loving caring and help others. A happy person who can be a friend to other people and participate in life to the full. The trouble is that my perfectionist side keeps pushing me to build a cool, controlled image, because it tells me that successful people are like that. But when I think about it, I know that those people in society and from history who I really admire and want to be like are not cold fishes. Gandhi was a deeply emotional, spiritual person. Mozart was emotionally like a roller coaster. 
and even Mrs Thatcher, whose politics I despise, but who deserves respect, cries in public and says what she feels, even if she makes a fool of herself. On the other hand, those plastic people on the front of women's magazines who I sometimes feel jealous of in my irrational moments are rarely worthy of that jealousy. So I cannot allow myself to go on punishing myself and others because of some insane jealousy. God knows I have so much more than many people and I should use it to the full. By staying anorexic, I will stay cold and useless and dependent on others all my life. Of course things will go up and down, but turning to anorexia isn't the answer when things go down. It feels scary to face up to and make myself stop at all, but if I don't, I won't survive university or life. I am what I am. I will never be an exceptional beauty, so it's better to be healthy and make the most of what I have. I will never be an exceptional intellect, so it's better to achieve as much as I can. I have to set my own realistic standards and not compare myself to others constantly. I can either decide to go to university to get a first and work every hour of the day and not complain because I'm having no fun, or I can go with the idea of making the most of it intellectually and emotionally. Of course, I don't want to be lazy, but there has to be a balance. Of course, I don't want to get fat, but I can't let the scales rule my life if overeating occasionally means making me more acceptable and human to others. I have to take responsibility for myself in order to be human again. It is something of a miracle that I was in any fit state to start university the following autumn. But start I did, with a set of rules, written by wonderful mum and dad, autumn 1988. Rules for survival at university. 1. Read through these rules at least once a day. Think about them and abide by them. If you feel under pressure at any time, make yourself read through these rules. 2. Spend a period of at least 15 minutes each day relaxing. This means lying or sitting doing nothing but concentrating on yourself. If it helps, do relaxation exercises or listen to music. If this makes you cry, don't worry. 3. Don't compare yourself to others. For you, that activity is destructive, as you only concentrate on certain aspects of other people, but not the whole person. You are you, with all your talents and abilities, and you will never be anyone else. 4. Try to be honest with people. You will soon make friends. Find those in whom you can confide, and then be as honest as you can. Tell them what you really feel, rather than what you think you ought to feel. Learn to say no and yes. 5. Don't worry if you're not at the centre of things. Find those activities that you're really good at and enjoy, such as singing, and concentrate on those. Try out new activities like sport, but don't use exercise as a way of slimming, or it becomes excessive. Have some fun every day. 6. Learn work patterns which enable you to survive. It's better to leave university with a third than a nervous breakdown. No one bothers about the class of degree once you've got it. Set an absolute maximum work time each day, not more than five hours, and stick to it rigidly. Try to work in short concentrated bursts with breaks between. Have a coffee, 
visit a friend. Set yourself time targets rather than objective targets. For example, work for an hour rather than finish a chapter. This is essential for you. 7. Remember that nobody at university does all the work set. It's not expected of you and it is impossible. Work out priorities. 8. If you feel under pressure, firstly try to relax. Start by breathing. If this doesn't work, seek help. Talk to a friend, a tutor or phone home. Remember that the high standards which you set are only determined by you. 9. You have done nothing in your life about which you need to feel guilty, apart from having anorexia. You've had no harmful lasting effects on anyone, so there's no need to feel guilt. 10. You must have rigid rules about eating which you stick to totally. You must eat three full meals a day and snacks. Don't count calories, but have a maximum and minimum weight band. For example, 8 stone 4 to 8 stone 6. You must decide on this before you go and adhere to it strictly. Counting calories is a form of mental illness. 11. If you follow the rules, you will have total control over your life and survive university. 12. Remember that whilst all those around you are bright, so are you. They too will have their problems and they will also be thinking that everyone around them is brighter including you.